Hello, friends, and welcome to the Different Church Podcast. This is Jarrett, and I am recording this at 1 a.m. on Sunday night slash Monday morning, and it is the day of our grand opening. It happened uh, this morning, and it was awesome. It was so awesome, I don't really want to go to bed. I've uh, been up for a while just kind of looking at stuff on Instagram and looking at uh, some of the pictures that have started to come in and started to work on some video that we want to post this week and uh, I'm just blown away and I want to say thank you to everybody who was there everybody who wasn't there but was praying for us Uh, a special thank you to the core team and just anybody who's been you know a big part of of getting us to today and um, yeah (laughs) I'm uh, I'm just blown away and um, been really cool all the all the little god moments these past few weeks and months um just the fact that you know the building that we're in at the saint pete opera we're we're so happy to be there everybody's so kind and nice to us and uh, we're just we're so happy to be partnering with them all the uh you know organizations that we've been able to partner with to do community projects over the past several months it's just really cool it's a really cool feeling and uh yeah, we're just, we're super lucky and blessed and thanking God big time today. And uh, we hope if you didn't make it out today, you can come out next week and check us out. Um, I do want to apologize for not being super consistent with the podcast the month of February. The plan from from now going forward is to use the audio from the um the service and we were trying to get that set up in february but we just kept having weird little issues the good news is the audio from today worked great and that's what you're going to listen to is the audio from our grand opening so that is awesome uh i do want to let you know we're going to have a bonus podcast this week uh, a couple days from now we're going to release the stories that were told at our storyteller event called biography uh that was last sunday and we're going to do those from time to time i don't really know what the rotation is going to be But we had a really good time doing it. It's really powerful to just hear people tell their stories. And we want to give the opportunity for that to happen more often. I don't know if we're going to do one every couple months or what, but just be on the lookout. It was super cool. Uh, If you didn't get to listen to it, uh, just, you know, uh, check out our podcast in the next couple days and you'll see it come out then. Um, I really don't think I have anything to keep you updated on. Uh, announcement wise uh, we've been building up to the grand opening today which was awesome I was joking with everybody it feels really weird that we have to do it again next week <laughs> in church world they say you know Sunday's always coming you can finish with a, a big one and then you got to do another one in seven days so it in a lot of ways the grand opening felt like a you know a party or a birthday or something but no we have to do one next week and hopefully it's just as awesome um, yeah Gosh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for caring about what we're doing. And uh, we're just so happy to be on this journey with you. Um, uh, Normally, I think I'm not going to include the welcome in the podcast. But just for this first one, I'll let you hear the welcome. uh, So you can kind of hear what that sounds like. And then from there, it's going to jump straight to uh, Hannah and um, and the the podcast. Uh, Normally, I would name it something fun and silly. But I, I think grand opening works. So let's check out different churches, grand opening. What's up, everybody? How's it going? 
I brought my personal photographer with me. Is that okay? <laughs> so he, he's... <laughs> uh, I'm going to turn around and smile, and you guys, like, wave or something. Is that okay? All right, hey. You guys are good now. Wait, maybe you should stay with me the whole time. Can we do, like, a Jimmy Fallon, like, the roots kind of thing? I like it. All right, here we go. Ready? Cheese! Do I look pretty? Yeah. <laughs> cool, thank you. Give it up for Jamie, the photographer, you guys. So um, is it okay if I get a little sentimental for a second? So that was my niece that was singing. And I've literally known her her whole life. Uh, but man, it was so cool to see her just jump up here with like three of the most professional musicians in the Bay Area. And, like own it. So thank you. Um, and this journey of different churches kind of been like that. We've had to do a lot of things that we didn't know. Like Hannah can do QuickBooks now. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I can sort of run this soundboard. Um, there's really cool like chalkboard signs out there that Rich made. Like we didn't know we could do that. Yeah. So uh, everybody in here on the core team, I just want to say thank you so much for just jumping in and being a part of something crazy and doing some things that you didn't even know you could do. So give yourselves a hand, please. Also, uh, some of you guys in this room today are here and um, maybe you live really far away or you have a different church you go to on Sunday morning, uh, but you might not be here every week. And I just want to say thank you so much to you. Um, you're probably here because you have a close connection with somebody on the team. So thank you on their behalf. And literally, we couldn't do what we're doing today without you. So thank you for that, too. Yeah. And some of you are here because you uh, believe in what we're doing and you are dreaming of what a different church could look like. And to you, I just want to say thank you. And we can't get to where we're going without you. So don't be afraid to jump in. I think like seven applause breaks is probably enough. <laughs> okay, so since this is a church, we have some announcements. Do me a favor, take out your phone, and I'm going to tell you a website to go to. This is like our main connection hub. Anything you want to do, you can kind of do from here. It's diff.church, D-I-F-F. You don't have to put .com at the end, just diff.church. Uh, one thing that would be really great if you could fill out on there for us is the uh, connect card. And that will just kind of give us your name and info. And we would love your feedback. There's a couple places on there for you to let us know how we did today. Um, let us know what was amazing, what was slightly less than amazing, <laughs> what you would like to see more of, less of, just total whatever you want. Just make sure your name's on it so that I can hunt you down. I'm kidding. Also, uh, we're going to be starting groups at some point. We were kind of thinking of starting them maybe on 420. I don't know. <laughs> uh, there's a tab there. We want to build the groups around wherever they're needed. So let us know if you're interested in being in a group, A, uh, and then B, where you would like to see one. Even though we're in St. Pete, we're really passionate about being in St. Pete. We can do a group in Tampa or um, what, Odessa or whatever. One of those ones with an O. <laughs> Where, wherever it seems like there's a need, we're going to try and put a group there. Um, and then you can learn about the grand opening on that tab, too, even though you're already here. <laughs> uh, another big thing, if you want to support what we're up to, if you believe in what we're doing, uh, the best thing you can do is donate. Um, and the best way to donate is to do a monthly donation. And you can do it right there. 
Um, everything you can do in that area, you can also do at this table over here. We're calling it the Stuff Center, because you can go there and do stuff. You can fill out cards, you can do donations, you can grab buttons. Uh, we have free stickers, so please grab some stickers. We have some old designs of t-shirts that are free, grab those. If you want one of these, they're 20 bucks. Uh, but everything else over there is free. Um, so go check out the Stuff Center. After the service today, hang out for a couple minutes, and then we're going to go right this way to Three Daughters, and we're going to celebrate and have some cake. Yeah, cool. Okay, I think that's all the stuff. I feel like I should be in the Stuff Center. <laughs> that's dumb. Thank you for putting up with me. Uh, Hannah, do you want to come on up here? Hey, it's Hannah. Yeah. I don't know how to follow that. Woo. I'm going to steal this baby stand. And hopefully, now it's way too tall. Hey, y'all. I'm so glad you're here. It's the official grand opening of Different Church. I can't believe we made it. If you, I know Jared already did this, but I have the mic, so. <laughs> uh, if you were part of our core team or you went to any of our small group meetings before we launched this, or you have come to any one of our soft launch services, will you just wave your hand? <sighs> Thank you so much. You guys are the best. Also, Jared is the best. Um, just so you all know a little bit about Jared, this whole thing was his idea. And I told him he was crazy. <laughs> and I still stand by that. Uh, but we're here. <laughs> and I also want to recognize another very special person who you're going to have to turn around and look at because she's in the back and her name is Bree. And we would not be able to be here without her. And I mean that quite literally. The reason we are in St. Pete Opera Company is because of Bree. So we would not be here without her. So we are going to jump right in, and so I am going to invite a member of our core team and all around one of my favorite people, Rich, to come up here and read our text for the day. Everybody give him a hand, because he's awesome. And you can follow along on the screen as well. All right, hey everybody. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it, but the Lord God warned him, you may freely... Uh, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its free fruit, you will surely die. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious, delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Genesis 2, 15 through... 17 and Genesis 3, 1 through 7. Thank you. I mean, I figure if it's our first official Sunday, we should go all the way back to the beginning, right? Just the very first, like, two chapters of the Bible. So we get to talk about Adam and Eve, and we get to talk about the snake. It's a 
fairly familiar story to most people. Um, so when we think about this, we think prior to their encounter with the snake, Adam and Eve seem to have had no reason whatsoever to consider eating this forbidden fruit. They're just resting peacefully. They're just everything. They live in the simple life. Everything's good. Everything was created good. No reason to question. No reason to doubt. God's good. The world's good. We're good. The creatures are good. I got enough food. Everything's good. And then along comes this snake, also created good, who throws a wrench in everything that they thought they knew up to this point. And the snake asks and asserts, God told you you'd eat of this tree, you would die? Seems a little dramatic. That's not true. You're not going to die. God knows you're going to be awakened by this tree. You're going to be like God if you eat this fruit off of this tree. So when we think about this, we're always like, yeah, they should have known better. They should have just been like, yep, God said, no, we're not allowed to eat this fruit, and I'm just never going to think about it ever again. Because, you know, that's how we work as humans. We're like, okay, someone told me no. I'm definitely not going to find a loophole here. <laughs> so my question is, have you ever had this rug of truth, like, pulled out from under you? Where maybe someone in an instant suddenly seems to be a person completely different than you thought they were? Or maybe you had some deeply held belief? Maybe something you've rooted your identity, your worldview in, you grew up in this belief, and it's suddenly questioned. Or one, it feels like one brick is pulled out of your nice little tidy house fortress that you built, and the whole thing just implodes on you. Everything Adam and Eve understood to be safe and to be true, suddenly at stake. They're freaking out. Did God lie? What does it mean if God lies? Why would God lie? Is God not who we thought God was? Now, again, we're always like, Adam and Eve, what a bunch of noobs. <laughs> of course God wouldn't lie to them. We're like 2,000 years, like way more than 2,000 years, removed from this story. And we're like, silly humans, okay? Now, I question that because the desire to know more, to know more deeply, to have your questions answered, that's not actually a bad thing. And we're like, how dare they have this conversation with the snake where they question God? Actually, it's a credit. It's arguably a credit to Eve that she is suddenly presented with new information and she has to think about it and process it. So questions are good. Pursuit of the knowledge of good and evil, also good. Like, we want to know the difference between right and wrong. I hope we're not just traipsing through life being like, everything's the same. There's no difference if I punch you in the face or I punch a tree. It's totally fine either way. There's no right and wrong. What makes this moment so tense when we read it is that their very trust in God is hanging in jeopardy. And so when our understanding of self and the world and other people is in jeopardy, what do we do? And I would venture to say that most of us have been in this situation at some point in our lives. We're going through life, securing our knowledge, of God and of faith and of who we are. Everything's good. The world is good. The trees are good. We're good. Our relationship is good. Everything's wonderful. And then something happens. Maybe a tragedy, a loss, something awful. Or maybe just some new information is presented to you by someone who is not a person of faith. Or even worse, maybe they are a person of faith and they're just suddenly questioning everything that you know. And you're like, no, not my believies. 
what? No. <laughs> Why would you do that? And they're so confident. And they're like, you believe that. And we're like, well, no. Why, why, would you, why would you pull the rug out from under everything if we're startled, we're surprised, we're like, how dare you? If God's so good, how could this be happening? If faith is actually valid, if faith is actually worth my time, then how could there possibly be so many different perspectives on it? How can there not be one clear, right answer to everything? So when our understanding of self and the world and others is in question, where do we turn? So perhaps we've taken our doubts and our feelings of betrayal and our questions and sometimes our anger, we've taken them to our faith communities. Note that that's not what Adam and Eve did. They instantly were like, nope, not going to talk to God about this at all. But maybe you've been in a situation where you've taken these feelings and you're like, what? What do I do with this? And actually what breaks my heart is that for most people, what I hear, and certainly in my own life, is it's that in that crucial moment that the door is slammed on you as the questioner. Perhaps you can relate to these statements that I'm going to put up on the screen. Perhaps they've been said to you. They're all statements that have been said to me in my life, such as, you just don't have enough faith. Stop asking so many questions. Stop making waves. You're trying to split the church. How dare you, as if one person had that much power. You're in danger of losing your faith. There's sin in your life. That's why. Or, just a frank, how can you believe that? Okay, so, if you feel comfortable, show of hands, if any one or multiple of these statements have been said to you in your church life, will you raise a hand? Oh, look at all the recovering evangelicals we have. <laughs> so many people. And that's really awful. Because when we approach our faith communities and we have our literal, our souls in our hands, and we're saying, help me make sense of this. Help me understand this. I don't know what to do. This doesn't fit my paradigm. It doesn't fit what I know. And then the door is slammed in your face. It can feel like God's the one slamming the door. And the question of whether or not to eat this fruit from the tree, it was full of feelings of betrayal, uh, a contradiction, the desire to grow, the desire to make sense of things. It's not a simple moment. It's not like Eve was just waltzing through life, and the snake was like, you should eat that. And she was like, all right, and just went on her merry way. She had like, what's that word where you have a crisis? Um, I, I'm not going to think of the word. Existential. Thank you. Somebody's Pentecostal in here. Help me out. You can say amen. Don't make me feel better. <laughs> so at its deepest level, the issue here is trust. This is what they are thinking. Can we trust God while pursuing the truth about God, ourselves and others, even when it doesn't feel good? Can we pursue the truth about God and the truth about ourselves that we sometimes don't even want to know and the truth about other people that we sometimes don't want to know while still having faith? That's a pretty heavy ask. 
And notice, neither Adam and Eve take their questions to God. They do not trust in this moment that God will be honest with them or even have their best interest at heart. And on a personal note, I can't even tell you how many times I've been in that situation where I have not trusted that God will even be honest or have my best interest at heart. So they pursue this knowledge of good and evil, arguably a good thing, outside of their relationship with God. And there are consequences, not so much as a punishment, but as a fact of reality. This is what happens. Eve eats the fruit, Adam eats the fruit, and by golly, that snake was right. They didn't die. I mean, at least not then. I mean, the way that Eve says it is, if I eat this, I will surely die. And the snake's like, you're not going to die. And she's like, okay. Can you imagine? She must have had such faith. She thought she was literally going to die, and she was still like, I'm just going to eat it. Their eyes are opened to this knowledge of good and evil, and then their questions only lead to more questions. That wasn't supposed to happen. Everything was supposed to be simple and neat and tidy and put in a little box with a bow on top, and um, it was supposed to be fabulous. Everything was good before, and now that I know more stuff, everything will be good now, right? In fact, it'll probably be better. No. Nothing would ever be as simple as it appeared before. And notice that I say nothing would ever be as simple as it appeared before. It wasn't simple before. They were just resting in the knowledge that it was. Knowledge about good and evil makes a mess out of what is simple. Knowledge sometimes makes boundaries unclear. Uh, real knowledge about good and evil sometimes make it, makes it tough to tell good apart from evil. They pursued truth without trust, and it changed their whole world. They realized for the first time just how vulnerable they were. They rushed to cover, their, cover themselves. They covered their bodies. They were shame and fear. And that's really interesting that the first thing they did is they tried to cover up. Because it's a pretty common thing whenever we have anxiety, whenever we have fear, whenever something goes wrong, nobody walks around being like, everything is wrong, come give me a hug. The minute something goes wrong, we, our bodies go like this. We do this, we do this, we just, just, just make myself protect the neck. <laughs> just protect. That's what we do. And that's instantly what they do. Why? Because they're trying to regain some sense of this feeling of safety and this feeling of protection that they suddenly lost, and they don't know where it went. And the only thing they can do is look for scraps to cover up, to somehow feel protected again. Perhaps Eve looked at Adam and realized for the first time that he was capable of doing her great harm. Perhaps they looked at each other and became aware that even though God had created them good, very good, that they were capable of wonderful and terrible things. And that knowing the difference between them was not as easy as it seemed. And in their sudden awareness of this comp complexity, everything was simple and easy before, and now, now they don't have one clear right answer to everything. They become driven primarily by fear. And that's the cost, that's the fallout of what happens when we pursue truth outside of a relationship with God, because we turn immediately to fear. We're afraid of ourselves, we're afraid of each other, we're afraid of God, 
This is an origin story written thousands of years ago. It might, have well, might as well have been written today. We're the same humans we've always been. Outside of trusting God, this infinity of the knowledge of good and evil inside of us is enough to make us hide in the bushes, like Adam and Eve, searching for scraps and leaves and anything we can get to cover any parts of ourselves that we feel shame about. It's enough to make us look for the fastest and easiest way to cover up, to reject vulnerability, to reject authenticity, to reject telling the truth, to involve ourselves in policing what's right and wrong in other people instead of looking at ourselves. It's enough to make us kick people out of faith communities, sometimes violently, because it seems like the only way to make spaces safe for ourselves is to make sure that they're neat and tidy and there's one clear answer to everything. And we know that this is a safe space because we can easily tell who's out and who's in. We see harm everywhere. And to protect our own broken pieces, we exclude others, and we treat questioners like they're hostile invaders. And we say things like, how can you believe that? You're in danger of losing your faith. Don't try to split the church. So I guess my question is, how do we live in the tension? How do we live in the tension between good and evil and not always being able to tell the difference between the two. How do we live between right and wrong and not always being sure which path to take? And I say not always, I mean like most of the time. The older you get, I can say this because I'm a real adult now. The older you get, the less you know. I wish that I had gone into the ministry when I had just graduated college and still thought I knew everything. Now people are like, tell me how to live life. And I'm like, well, I clearly don't have a handle on it. How do we live between healing and pain? And we desperately want to be healed, but we also desperately do not want to go through the painful process to get healed. How do we live between questions and answers where we finally find answers that then lead to more questions, and then we're like, dang it. I feel like I was just over here, and I got to find an answer to this question. And we're like, yeah, I got an answer. Oh, no. It's starting over. It's the song that never ends. <laughs> How do we trust God as people? How do we trust God as a faith community in this space in the middle? Can we even? Is it possible? So different churches here, and I'm here personally, to tell you that I think it is possible. It's significant to me that our grand opening, our first official Sunday, falls on the first Sunday of Lent, which, if you don't know, Lent is this religious observance observed by a lot of Orthodox churches um, that lasts the 40 days leading up to Easter week. And in Easter week, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Yay! And in most evangelical churches, what we do is we're like, resurrection, awesome. We don't want to talk about the 40 days of Lent because that's depressing. We're like, we don't want those. Keep those feelings over there. We only want to be happy because that's how life works. We're happy all the time and nothing ever goes wrong. And we're just going to do this and say, I'm fine. Everything's fine. In fact, I'm pretty sure I said that to some of you this morning. They were like, oh, how are you doing? And I'm like, it's fine. 
Everything's fine. I'm definitely not, my heart is definitely not racing like a thousand miles a minute. It's fine. Lent is actually meant to mirror the 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness fasting and praying and being tempted in every way by Satan. And we just like to forget that that happened. We're like, Spirit, one of the, what is this, one of the songs we sing? It's like, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. You don't want that. That sounds horrible. I don't want to get to the edge of my trust and be like Adam and Eve and be like, I don't know what to do. That's not a good feeling. So Lent is this time of solemn reflection where we reflect on the evil in the world. We reflect on the evil inside of our own selves and how faith can give us the strength to continue just like it did Jesus in the wilderness. It's significant because we hopefully look gorgeous and shiny and like we have it all together today. Um, but different church was not like a celebration when it started. Different church was born out of a place of great pain. Um, we were tempted in every way to give up, to keep quiet, to return to our lives, to not rock the boat, to not have our faith and our commitment to God questioned, to not have put our family's financial stability in jeopardy, not to go through the pain of losing a spiritual community that had been part of our lives for years. I can only speak for myself, but I was definitely tempted to run and hide in the bushes like Adam and Eve. Multiple times. It's too late now. I'm up here. Because here we are. Because trust actually won out over the fear. We're here because the spark for this entire community was to create a truly inclusive space where all people could explore faith. I don't think I've ever been a part of anything that mattered so much. I'm pretty honored to be standing here. Also terrified, mostly honored. <laughs> mostly overwhelmed with gratitude. This is just the first Sunday of many Sundays. It's the first sermon in what will hopefully someday be a never-ending list of sermons. They won't all be this good. <laughs> or, you know, if you hated it, they won't all be this bad. <laughs> I cannot promise you that I won't make mistakes, that I won't stick my foot in my mouth and do and say hurtful things and let you down. And in fact, I can guarantee you that I'm going to do that because I'm just a person. But what I can promise you is that as a community, this is what we will do. We will focus on being financially transparent and responsible. We will focus on loving our local community. And we will create the safest space we can for all people to explore faith. And I can promise you personally that I will not lie to you. I will tell you the truth, even when it sucks. <laughs> I will apologize when I cause harm and work to do better. 
I will do my best to keep learning and growing so that we can learn and grow together. I'll just be a human. I'm not going to stand up here and pretend I have it all together or pretend that I'm on a pedestal and everything's fine because it's not. Sometimes it is. But you know, in life, mostly it's not, especially if you're an adult and you have to go to work. Like eight hours a day, it's mostly not. <laughs> I will present the best readings I can to you of scripture. And I'm gonna ask you to think and make up your own mind. And if you disagree with me, awesome. Please disagree with me. Don't be like, I hate that girl. Hurtful. But you can be like, I don't like what you said because of this and this and this. That would be wonderful. I would love to have that conversation with you. And I promise that when I'm living in this tension between good and evil and questions and healing and not knowing where I stand or what to do, that I will just tell you I don't have all the answers and maybe we can figure it out together because that's what a faith community should be. And I'm gonna end with a quote, which if you have kids, maybe you've already seen this quote. Um, it's about a mama bird and a baby bird. And the baby bird is gonna leave its nest and try to learn how to fly. And the baby bird says, what if I fall? And the mama bird says, oh darling, but what if you fly? <laughs>